Pod Mod Bods, welcome back to another episode of Podular Modcast. I've got some stuff to talk about at the top here. First off, I want to talk about maybe one, it's definitely one of the most physically grueling things I've ever done. This last weekend, I went on a backpacking trip, um, and I went to a place called Gothic Basin in the North Cascades of Washington State. Beautiful place. An amazing, amazing place. Um, but I made the mistake. I made two crucial mistakes. One, I put way too much stuff in my backpack. Way too much stuff. I think my backpack weighed about between 50 and 60 pounds. Um, and this was a four and a half mile one way hike with 3000 feet of elevation gain, which is an insane amount of elevation gain for that short of a hike. Um, and I used to backpack a lot when I was younger and fitter, but now I'm older and fatter. And so <laughs> my second mistake was bringing, uh, an old external backpack, an external frame backpack that I got at the Goodwill and it was, it's in really good shape, but I found out much too late that this pack was way, way too big for me. Um, it was made, it's made for somebody who's probably well over six feet. So I couldn't get it cinched down on my waist, which you need your, you need to cinch your backpack on your waist and so not on your weight is on your shoulders, but all the weight was on my shoulders. And the weird thing is this was one of the only hikes. This was the only hike where the hike down was so much harder than the hike up. And part of what made my backpack so heavy was I brought my little field recorder and it's not so little. It's actually like a, uh, Oh, I don't know. Uh, eight by six inch case. Um, it's a zoom recorder and I wanted to record some cool stuff and I ended up only recording one thing and that was the pouring down rain that I woke up to at 6 AM. Um, so because I hiked that all the way up there, I figured I have to use that recording of the rain in some regard. So you can hear that behind me right now. So this is what I woke up to at 6 a.m. And I'm thinking to myself that morning, oh boy, if I have to pack all this up, all this wet, most of my stuff wasn't wet, but my backpack was outside. It had been under a tarp, but the wind blew the tarp out, so my backpack was soaking wet. Um, so... I'm thinking to myself, oh God, this hike out in this rain is going to be super dangerous because there were parts of the trail that were just, there were like rock faces that I had to you know, climb up and on the way down, oh, I was very scared. But luckily the rain did clear up a few hours later and we got a little bit of wind to dry some of our wet stuff out. We were going to try to stay two nights, but with the rain in that morning, we knew that the next day, the rain would be just as bad. So once it stopped raining, we packed everything up and got out. But that hike down was so bad. And I was with two of my friends who were in better shape than me. And I was starting to feel a little ashamed of myself because of how, uh, how hard this was. And um, we got down to the bottom and we were about 20 minutes away from the, from the vehicle. And I was just thinking to myself, I don't think I can finish. And uh, luckily, my best friend, Justin, had been... We've been friends since we were 12 years old. He's just the best guy. He was my best man at my wedding. He's just, he's just the best. He offered to carry my backpack the rest of the way. And I said, okay, I will do that. 
and uh, I put on his backpack and it was so much lighter and so much more comfortable. And as we we're walking, he was just like, this is so heavy. I have to pick up the pace. I'll meet you at the car. So he booked it back to the car. And when I got back, when I got to the car, he was like, I don't know how you carried this up and down that much. He's like, I, I carried it for 20 minutes and I don't think I could have carried it anymore. So that made me feel better. Um, that's not just, I'm not trying to say I'm tough or anything because I was really dying. I was, oh my God, it was, it was so, so painful. So yeah, here's, I'm just going to let this, the rest of this rain play out because I packed this fucking thing up there to record stuff. And this is all I recorded and I'm going to use it for something. So enjoy. Thanks for listening to my little story and uh, my recording of the rain. It's kind of nice. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Needham Woodworks. N-E-E-D-H-A-M woodworks.com. Amazing handcrafted wooden cases. They're they're just they're gorgeous. If if I trust that if you've been listening to this show, my voice just cracked and I'm not starting over again because that's just who I am. Um, I trust that if you've been listening to the show. Uh, you've gone to needhamwoodworks.com or visited his Instagram page and seen these beautiful, beautiful cases. Um, mine's coming in the mail any day now, I think. Needhamwoodworks.com. Also, Patchworks. P-A-T-C-H-W-E-R-K-S.com. Go buy something at Patchworks. Support a brick-and-mortar store that is not only a retailer, but also uh, just such a great great piece of our community who uh, focus on education and they're working with modular seattle bradley and uh, josh who do the modular on the spot and the modular nights to bring you velocity october 5th ben divkid wilson will be in town for that um yeah lots of cool stuff go to velocityseattle.com to learn more about that few pieces of exciting news right off the top. Logan Electronics is uh, having a 40% off sale on the CVP-1, which is a super useful utility module. Um, 40% off, great deal. It's usually 200 bucks. You can get it for 120 plus shipping. And if you go to sales at logain-audio.com, uh, tell them that I sent you there, you'll get that sweet, sweet discount. Um, it's it's just one of those modules that is it's good for so many different things but just think of it as a basically it's like two molts which each input has three outputs with attenuating attenuverting uh, potentiometers on it so the sky's the limit on what you can do with stuff like that um really if you, like just Logan makes such good utility modules the the dub matrix is super super fun and the uh, the short bus so yeah hit them up tell them that you heard about it here and get a good deal also, I want to let you guys know that I have PodMod blank panels. They're PCB. They're 14 HP, black and white. It's a, it's a black panel with the white uh, podcast logo on it. And if you want to pick one of those up, go to uh, 
podularmodcast.bandcamp.com and uh, get them while the getting's good. We're almost into this episode, but I got to take a second here to thank some recent Patreon subscribers. Justin Benjamin, thank you so much. Uh, Justin's a good dude. He he does a lot for our synth community here in Seattle. And uh, thank you so much for for uh, helping out the show. Also, got to give a shout out to Ethics uh, Music. FX music, E F F I K S music. Uh, thank you so much. Um, and then also a huge, huge, huge thank you to um, Brian Crawl with a K R A L L. Brian Crawl, aka Balance Spring. He joined the super ultra cool tier, 25 bucks a month. I can't believe that. That is just that Brian that blows my mind. I can't begin to thank you enough. Um, so yeah, just everybody who's helping out really doesn't matter what, what the tier is. I just really appreciate it. And it's been so fun to interact with everybody. And, um, speaking of interacting with people, I've been doing, um, some Instagram live streams, which has been really, really fun. I set up the modular and I just take patch suggestions and field questions and just, kind of chat and uh it's it's been it's been a real blast to do that so keep an eye out um because i i plan on doing that more in the future but yeah if you'd like to help out the show go to patreon.com forward slash podular modcast and uh there's all sorts of exciting (laughs) tiers i don't know if exciting is the word there's some there's some cool stuff and it's fun to interact and um uh yeah don't forget about those pod mod blank panels they're they're gonna go they're going fast so uh get on it how about this backing track huh this is lisa belladonna this song's called uh i know you don't love me it's actually just a demo she said she hasn't really finished it or used it for anything but i asked if i could use it for the podcast for stuff like this and she said of course and sent it along so this is not the last you'll be hearing of it because i absolutely love it i know it's not modular music but you can't deny good tunes um anyways let's get out of this intro and let's chat with sarah bell reed welcome back sarah bell reed part two all right i'm recording we we have sarah bell reed back thank you so much for joining us oh it's my pleasure and you are not currently in your studio you are on tour Yes. Where where um, are you and where in that city are you? Like, are you in a bus, in a van, hotel well, room? <laughs> <laughs> um, I just, well, okay. I just spent the last um, five or so weeks on tour in Europe and I was in a lot of buses. <laughs> um, but right now I'm in, I'm taking a little break from that tour and I'm in Philadelphia um, and I'm in actually a lovely little apartment, so <laughs> that's a relief. Great. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I'm here, I'm not touring, I'm here for a whole week actually because I'm um, working on setting up a, um, a, basically a sound installation at an art gallery here um, with my frequent collaborator, Ryan Gaston. So we've been kind of working and setting that up this week and 
Yeah, it opens on Friday, which is in two days. Oh, cool. <laughs> oh, wow. That's yeah. that's probably exciting and a little nerve-wracking at the same time. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Both of those things, but mostly the exciting one. Yeah. Well, so you're going to be in Philadelphia on the 4th of July. Does, mm -hmm. I feel like... I feel like if you're really patriotic, that might mean something. Yeah, it might. But, you know, I'm also, <laughs> I am, um, not that I'm not, you know, looking forward to it, but I'm Canadian. So yeah, technically. Yeah, I was just going to say that. I think you're from Canada, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Canada Day was a few days ago. It's on the 1st of July. No one knows that probably in the States. <laughs> That's so okay. I want to know, I want to talk to you a little bit about the touring stuff and you haven't been touring, um, you know, as Sarah Bell Reed, but supporting mm -hmm. and who have you been supporting? Um, yeah, I've been playing in, um, Julia Holter's band. So, um, playing trumpet and some laptop stuff. Well, basically Migsy. So my electronically augmented trumpet with her Okay. and we've been touring, promoting her most recent record. Um, which is called aviary. That is, that is, she's quite the artist to be touring with. Yeah. That's she, amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a fun, I mean, she's wonderful. And that band is a total blast. There's six of us, um, performing on stage. So it's a big group and a lot of just, yeah, it's really fun. <laughs> so she's, she's a, she's a pretty well-known international artist. So I imagine you're playing to some pretty good sized crowds. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been pretty great. I mean, um, definitely the summer festival stuff is, you know, wild. Those are big crowds. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean the touring in Europe, it's been an incredible thing. She's got a pretty wonderful following there, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a fan. I, I only know one of her records like well, but I really enjoy it. It's, she does very interesting stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and to the listener, if you're not familiar, I would definitely go check it out. So, but did you, did you tour with her before kind of opening up with her like no. a while ago? No, I've or? never, yeah, no, I, I just started. So I started working with her, um, gosh, July. So I guess a couple years ago at this point, geez, time really flies, <laughs> maybe a year and a half ago. <laughs> um, and it was just as she was starting to work on her new record. So I've only, that's how I've been involved. Okay. And um, how did she find you? How did you guys get hooked up? I'm not sure. I think probably through, um, well, we both live in LA. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Sorry, yeah. terrible answer. <laughs> it's Los Angeles, you know? Yeah, I'm not sure. I think um, maybe through Cal the CalArts community, that we both went to the same school, which is called CalArts, which is just north of LA. And it's a pretty experimental music program there. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it might have been through there, but just maybe through mutual friends. I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> to be honest. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I know she was looking so for a trumpet player who worked with electronics and, and that's, well, uh, that's, that's, me. <laughs> that's kind of your wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Um, now are you on, are you on the new record at all? Or are you kind of just supporting like doing uh, live stuff? I am on the record. Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. <laughs> well, um, so, and you're using Migsy in that. Yes. Wow. So, that's, that's, it's, it's Migsy seems so specific. Um, well, yeah. For, like to bring it in from, for like somebody else's 
have you found it to be challenging to find, because, uh, you know, you have your voice on it, but now you're kind of working to serve maybe somebody else's um, kind of creative, uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but you know what I mean? Like totally. you're, you're doing it in a more supportive role. How, how is that different? Do- totally. Yeah. It's actually really interesting um, <laughs> that you asked that because at the beginning, I remember um, before I started working with, in this band with Julia, um, all, I'd say like mostly all of the Migsy stuff that I was doing was focused on um, like synthesis. So the trumpet would be not, re- you know, or sorry, the sounds you would hear coming from the computer or the synth wouldn't necessarily be directly related to the trumpet. So I wasn't processing mm-hmm. the sound of the trumpet. We were just like using the sensor data from Migsy to trigger new sounds or to modulate synthesis parameters happening in Max or something like that. Um, and they were very disconnected. And I, I did that on purpose from the beginning because I wanted, I was really interested in, you know, synthesizers and trumpets and kind of wanted to combine them, but didn't want to just go the, what seemed at the time, like the obvious path, which was just to kind of start modulating the trumpet sound. I was, I was trying to find some different kind of interaction. I don't know if that, if that makes sense, but it does. And I think it makes a lot more sense when you look at some of your videos. Right. That was one thing that was kind of confusing to me at first. I'd see you blowing into a trumpet. And I'd be like, I don't hear a trumpet, right. but what I hear is cool. Right. So yeah. yeah. So I was really kind of forcing myself to try to figure it out with without processing the trumpet for the first few years of using Migsy. And then it wasn't until I started working with Julia when I actually had to start figuring out the processing side of the trumpet um, because she was interested particularly in um, that kind of sound world, which was a new sound world for me. So like, you know, nice, beautiful, lush, reverby, delay, drenched trumpet and, you know, frequency shifted, pitch shifted trumpet and, um, that kind of stuff. And so, um, it did open up, it kind of thrust me into an entire new part of that world with Migsy, which I've now started to integrate into my own practice as well. So it's been pretty awesome for me to kind okay. of have those doors opened. Yeah. Um, and then the other main difference is of course that I'm not, since I'm not playing as a soloist, you know, I do, I tone things down a little, <laughs> because yeah. <laughs> I'm not the main event, you know, so, well, yeah. I, you know, um, you know, that, that, but that's basically it. There, there's, um, there's a few songs we play where I get to kind of really go a little crazy and those are fun. <laughs> those ones are Yeah. Really I was going to, I was going to ask if there were some moments like maybe where it got a little more experimental and hectic and you got to yeah. really kind of do your do your thing. That's yeah, awesome. So sure. <laughs> I'm kind of curious of just, I, I guess just like my, uh, my, my teenage like dreams of being a rock star. Um, like what is it like walking out on a stage at a festival and just seeing a sea of people? Like that's um, gotta be a, like a extremely unique feeling. It's fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. I think the thing that, um, I've been really enjoying lately because we, this last tour, when we were traveling through Europe, these were all, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm pretty new to touring. So a lot of these places were cities I'd never been to. Um, Mm -hmm. and the thing that kept coming back into my mind was not just like, wow, there's a lot of people, but like 
how cool is it that all of these people just decided to come out and like be at this thing? You know, like, I think I've been really this summer and this year in particular, I've been really appreciating the power of art and music and community and just like bringing people together and seeing that happen over and over again in all of these different cities all around the world. Not So it's not just like, this isn't just a local phenomenon. It really does happen everywhere. Yeah, um, that's yeah. been so cool for me. And I think that's the, where my brain, where, where my brain goes, where my mind goes when I see that. It's just like, damn you know that's really yeah. that's a really special thing i yeah. feel like i would be so nervous but it, I, I for me i don't know how it is for you but it'd probably be maybe a little less nerve-wracking racking being a member of a band and not being like like i bet well she julia's probably used to it by now but you know it's julia holter and then there's the band you know <laughs> like totally. i feel like i'd be like okay i'm not like the i'm not the in the main spotlight so i can kind of breathe a little easier right now. yeah i think she obviously has a lot more pressure probably <laughs> than the rest of us um so yeah when it comes to touring, um, just something I'm always, I've always been curious about, and I'm sure it's, it's so different from band to band and everything, but like, I, touring seems like it's simultaneously nightmarish and the best thing in the world. Um, so like, do you guys, do you guys find time to jam or do you jam during like mm. sound check or do you pretty much have it all locked in, get there, get sound checked and then kind of, oh, I don't want to play music right now. Or, or do you guys have time to to mess about and, and explore and, and, and play the music you want to play. Yeah. I mean, I think it, um, I think that just depends on so many things like how, I mean, it's definitely, um, I can say that in my experience, there's a lot of, you know, you just get to the venue, set up sound check, and then you need mentally or physically or whatever it is. You just need to have a couple hours of, you know, food or sleep or quiet or something. Yeah, and then you play yeah. the show. Um, and then you're packing up and going on to the next city. So there's not a ton of time. Um, but also sometimes it just really depends on the circumstances of the venue or the group or the day and how the schedule all works out. But definitely, you know, sometimes there is a four hour sound check window and then you, you have more time to kind of be a little freer in what you do, which is lovely. Um, yeah. And this particular time, um, I also brought, I kind of kept myself busy and I brought a few of my own personal projects on the road. Um, so I used okay. a lot of my, that kind of downtime and time in the bus and stuff like that to work on those projects, which was really fun for me. Um, yeah. So not quite as collaborative, but it was still, you know, a really fun, productive time. So. Okay, now I want to ask some like boring, <laughs> boring like adult questions about touring, okay. like like laundry, like oh, God. um, <laughs> like do you have to just hope that there's a place on the next stop where you can do some laundry and take a shower? And it's just like I I I just saw Bill Callahan last weekend or the weekend before, and um, I saw him two nights in a row, and everybody on stage was wearing the exact same thing that they were wearing the night before and I'm just like, huh, how many outf like how many outfits do they bring? And when do they get to walk when do they get to take a shower? Like <laughs> Yeah, I can't speak for everyone. <laughs> the thing the thing that I have learned <laughs> so funny. The thing that I've learned is that you do it, you do laundry and you take a shower 
whenever you have the opportunity, (laughs) even if it's like, so you're two days in and there's a washing Uh machine at the venue, for example, and you're like, oh, but it's only two days in. It's like one shirt, you know, just do it. (laughs) Just do it anyway, (laughs) because you never know. Um, Yeah. I mean, that, that's the, that's what I've learned. That's the advice I can give you. Um, it's got to be such a crazy schedule. Like, is is your circadian rhythm just all all screwy when you're when you're touring? Oh yeah, we like to. I think we kind of joke around and just say that you don't. You kind of lose touch with like how you. You know how in normal life you feel tired and then you feel hungry and you feel like happy and awake. Uh-huh. You kind of just like <laughs> lose the ability to understand the, that that meter. You're like, I just feel. Yes, I am here. You know, I'm not sure if I'm hungry. Um, no, I'm kind of joking. Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah. There is a funny thing that happens. I was much better about this, this time around my very first time I went on the road, I started, I wasn't sure about food and my body was confused about food. And so I started kind of hoarding (laughs) non-perishable This is like embarrassing. Granola but, bars and stuff. Well, yeah, and even things that weren't actually not like little bread rolls and like packages of hot sauce and stuff. And then you come back. <laughs> I came back to the States. This is so embarrassing. <laughs> I came back to the States and I was opening one of my bags that has gear and I realized that in one pocket there's like two stale bread rolls and in the other pocket there's like two cans of beer. <laughs> And I was like, okay, all right. But then you, you know, you you get you figure your you figure it out. You you figure out how it works. Um, yeah, <laughs> I wasn't quite as yeah. ridiculous this time around. Well, I think a lot of people, maybe like um, especially non musicians um, who have never gigged, I think a lot of people think maybe it's just like it's just a constant party. But I imagine Ooh. after a while, like partying is probably the, like the last thing you want to do. Yeah, it's a, it's actually a lot of work, um, and it's a lot of sitting in a, in um, sitting <laughs> in planes yeah. or cars or whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, I think um, we, we, you know, I again, I can only speak for myself, but the time that I had to myself was really important. I did, um, I, I tried to take at least 30 minutes, if not a little, like an hour, two hours would have been, would be amazing to walk around the cities I was in. Cause I, it's really easy to just see the, the bus and then the venue and then the bus yeah. again. Um, and so this time I took, um, I brought my nice camera with me and I brought my zoom field recorder with me and I just forced myself to walk around. And then I took, um, in every, in almost every city, I took like basically one or two photos and about a minute or two of a field recording in the city, just from some place that kind of struck me as interesting. It might not have been a big monument or like a famous place. Often I didn't have the time to actually get to those famous uh-huh. spots in the city, but you know, maybe there was a cool street corner or like a little, you know, a nice little spot that caught my eye. And so I would kind of chill there for a few minutes and take a photo. And I like that. Record a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind it's of like been a little my, yeah. Multimedia journal. Exactly. Or yeah. It's been my little <laughs> kind of my tour diary, I guess. <laughs> that's awesome. And that'll be really cool to revisit later. Cause I'm sure like when it's all done, it'll probably just feel like a whirlwind and then maybe like, I don't know. I, I do this thing where if I, if I go on a trip or something at the end, I try to just like, I just try to like free write, like not, not in great detail, but like just 
anything that pops into my head, a feeling I had, what I, what I saw or whatever, just try to write a few pages in a journal to go revisit later. Because I find that like, if I don't do something like that, it, it, I just have a hard time actually remembering specific things. It's like there's a general feeling of the trip that I was on, but there's it's hard to pinpoint the specifics because you're always doing a bunch of different stuff. Oh, yeah. So Totally. I like that idea. I think I want to try that. Yeah. I do have a little field recorder. so It's been fun. And, it, and there was a couple things that did it. Like kept me kind of held me accountable to get out and walk. And then I always felt better when I did that. <laughs> like instantly better getting out of the yeah. out of the venue, out of the car, whatever. Um, and the other thing is it kind of allowed, it helped me notice things in a way that I don't know if I would have noticed otherwise. You know, when you're like always, another thing you do a lot on tour is you're constantly searching for Wi-Fi because <laughs> you're, you're like, in, <laughs> at least for me, I don't have a good international data plan. So I was just constantly trying to connect to like check my emails and, you know, let people know I'm okay and say hi to my friends and all that kind of stuff. And it just was like very in my phone. Um, and then doing these little walks helped me just be like, Oh, the world. Oh my gosh. You know, there's <laughs> beautiful European buildings and, you know, quirky things and all that kind of stuff. Well, so. I'm, I'm glad. Yeah. I was going to ask if, if you got to see some of the, the places that you're in. So I, I'm, yeah. I'm happy to hear that you made an effort when you could, because yeah, yeah. yeah it could it could be easy to succumb to exhaustion and just be like, well, I can't really do the whole thing, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna rest or whatever. So, right. Well, it's definitely yeah. worth it though. It it really helps. Um, yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for sharing all that tour <laughs> stuff. No um, I, it's really fat. I'm just fascinated by that, and probably I'm sure like the laundry question isn't as interesting to other people, but that's, <laughs> I can't help but think that kind of thing. Like, just, just seems like such a can. strenuous lifestyle um <laughs> and but, pack lots of socks you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah more than you think um, you're gonna need <laughs> yeah yeah i think yeah socks would be something that i would probably bring like however many days i'd go i'd probably bring double the socks <laughs> <laughs> um so let's talk about our our uh postcard uh, postcard project collaboration. Um, but before we get into that, do you want to just give a, a brief outline of what the postcard project is? Sure. So, um, yeah, the postcard project. Oh, geez. Okay. So it started actually two years ago cause it's July now that we're recording this. So two years ago, um, I started this Basically, I, I refer to it as a collaborative kind of long distance um, performance composition graphic score exchange project. That's a lot of words, but um, in a <laughs> nutshell, um, what it is is a project that I do with my patrons on Patreon, where it's all based around these little postcards that have drawings on them, and the drawings are intended to be graphic scores. Um, so. In other words, something that you can interpret musically. And they're very open. It's not like traditional Western notation where there's notes and on a staff and treble clef and bass clef and specific uh, rules. It's very um, free and, you know, you can see a blue squiggly line and one person might interpret it one way and another person might interpret it a completely different way. And they're both equally valid as long as it's something that speaks to you and you're, you know, approaching it with sincerity in the moment is kind of my only rule. Um, and so basically, yeah, um, 
what I do is anyone who's interested um, to participate gets a, um, a postcard score that I create for them specifically. Um, on the back of a postcard, I mail it off to them, <laughs> um, usually with a couple words of inspiration or something on the back um, or instructions, something like that. And then they can realize that score any way they want using their instrument or um, a combination of instruments, something they build, something they find. We've also had people create videos and multimedia pieces in response to their score. Um, and then they can also, they also have the option of creating one for me and sending it back to me. And then I can do this. I get to interpret their score and so on and so forth. So it's kind of like a, a conversation that happens. Um, but instead of the words, it's, you know, graphic scores well, and sounds I love and that. stuff. Yeah, and I love I love like you said people the different approaches everybody has taken to it cuz you you've left it open ended and because it is like it's a it's an interpretation um mm -hmm. it just it just allows for so much variation. So that's got to be inspiring for you to send out something and then get something like like I bet I imagine every time you get something back it's not what you expected it to be. <laughs> I bet like at this point do you even expect anything from it anymore but like I'm sure I'm sorry. I, I just like rolled 14 questions <laughs> into one little ramble, but, um, yeah, when you send it off, do, do you have any like kind of idea of what it might be like or, and I, how, how often are you close? If so? Yeah. I mean, that's a good question. I don't know. I don't really know if I have an expectation. I don't think I have any expectations because that kind of goes against the purpose of the, of the, of the process and of the notation. Yeah. That's not a, maybe that's a bad word, right. maybe like predictions or inclinations or. Yeah. Well, it's been really interesting to watch, um, because it's been actually really fascinating because some people, um, along with the interpretation that people create, I always ask them to share like a little bit about what they were doing, um, how they thought about it. And some people have gotten really into that and have actually recorded parts of their process like this, you know, talking through the different elements in the score and things like that. And there are, there have definitely been moments where I'm like, yeah, that's, that's it. That's like a, you know, they'll point to, um, for example, they'll point to like a circle with a ton of tiny little dots inside of it. And they'll be like, okay, I don't exactly know what this is, but it's isolated on the page. It's like a sound, but it's got a lot of dots in it. So it's kind of like maybe grainy inside and kind of pixelated, I don't know, somehow sonically. And maybe it's like got a lot of dense activity and they're kind of rambling about it. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I would have done. You know? And so then at the end of the day, exactly what that sound is like, how it kind of manifests, that's something I don't exactly know, but, and that will be di different to each person, but the sort of like approach seems to be surprisingly calm. Yeah. Not common, but um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. <laughs> Surprisingly maybe, maybe kind of like some... linked between what I think and what other people have been thinking. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I yeah, that's, that's interesting. So when you sent me, uh, mine, I got, um, fold scan pulse. <laughs> um, and then you gave me very little instruction. <laughs> um, but you told me to consider de depth, density and white space and gravity while Ooh. doing it. And then other than that, I was just wow. looking at this, 
this drawing. And so I kind of feel like I took a really kind of um, basic approach to it. I definitely did not go above and beyond like some of the stuff you just outlined. Oh, well, come but, on. <laughs> it's not a competition. But it was, right, right. It, but I, I, did, I did want to find a way to kind of push myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I used just the, the telharmonic for make noise mm-hmm. for every single voice. So I actually ended up multi-tracking, which is something I rarely do. But it was really cool to just to sit with it for a while. And I actually didn't actually make any noise with it. I kind of just, uh, you know, looked at it. I think I did, you know, over a period of a few days and just kind of mm-hmm. just thought, well, what, what are these things? What are these different images kind of, um, what are they pulling out of me? And so there were like these four lines that were kind of, they almost look like waveforms that are kind of erratic and squiggly and black with like, it looked like a, a lime green highlighter in them. <laughs> And so I kind of thought of those as my, kind of my, my foundation. And I, for some reason, I thought of them as like sister waves. And the, uh, the teleharmonic has three different uh, voice outputs. So I ended up using kind of the more erratic, crazy big one. I used the noise output for that one. And then um, used the other two for the, the two. And then, so that was like one track. And then there was all these like dotted lines connected by circles and kind of like alien looking pictographs. So I kind of parsed those out into different pieces and used like the little dots as almost like a percussive um, inspiration and kind of the direction that they went and everything. I tried to, I don't know, just the way it made me feel, I tried to sonically mm-hmm. like represent. And then there were like these crescent shapes that I ended up creating two similar but different parts. So yeah, it was, it was, it was really cool to, um, just have my brain kind of get working in a different way and push myself on one piece of gear and see what I could do. And then, uh, I had the same clock through the whole thing, but I ended up, uh, not syncing each track when I re- like, so each thing I recorded was in the same time, but when they're overlaid, they weren't necessarily perfectly matched up, but I think that kind of made for gotcha. more, more of that space. So that's, that's kind of, uh, that's, my 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 experience with it. I don't know if any of that made sense or, um, but yeah, I'll I'll play the piece after we're done talking so people can get an idea. Um, All right, and after that long rambling explanation, here is my rendition of Fold Scan Pulse.
thank you for listening to that. Now, before we get back into our chat with Sarah Bell Reed, let's check out a little demo. All right, so I just got this new 100 grit from Schlappy Engineering, and it does some pretty wild uh, distortion, and it's way beyond distortion. Um, but I've only done a few patches with it. I haven't even looked at the manual yet, but I just wanted to give you a little listen. Um, I tried to see if I could use it in a way that uh, isn't as abrupt and jagged as you would as it can be used for and uh, I don't know if that makes sense but I tried to like make something kind of dark and pretty so I started with the angle grinder from Schlappy Engineering and then I ran that through Monsoon from Afterlater Audio which is uh, mini clouds and then the angle grinder, of course, has the uh, these wave shaper faders, so you can manual play manually play with those. Lots of fun. Uh, and then I ran the one of the sine waves out. Actually, two of the sine waves because it puts four sine waves out that are all out of phase with each other. Um, put it into both ends from the uh, 100 grit and then I'm running the 100 grit into um, uh, a reverb on the disting um, and then I'm using a maths to uh, to control the resonance of the 100 grit so let's bring that into the mix really quick I'm going to manually mess with the, uh, the resonance here. Turn up the FM. Now let's take this original sine wave signal out and just listen to the 100 grit. Sounds pretty good. Sounds really good actually. I like just burying it in this. And then, uh, just because it's fun distortion day, I also ran one of the sine waves through the four-band distortion from DPW Design, and then I'm using the uh, CVN to control the on and off of the distortion with the vector LFO from Ornament and Crime. So let's add that to the mix. Oh, and then I'm running that through uh, the, the tape delay on my other disting. So let's listen to that by itself. Let's bring the 100 grit back in. And then the original signal. Mm -hmm. 
get those dialed in. A nice broken toy melody or something. Go to schlappyengineering.com to learn more about the 100 grit and the angle grinder. And uh, go check out uh, dpw.se to learn more about the four-band distortion. And expertsleepers.co.uk to learn more about the Disting Mark IV. I sent you <laughs> a, a ridiculously crazy. Uh, I'm not really a, a, an it. artist to when it, it came. With it. <laughs> love so, it. I, I actually haven't talked to you. We've just emailed <laughs> since I sent that to you. Um, and please don't pull any punches. I love. I would love brutal honesty. When that showed up, were you just like, "What the fuck is this?" No, I was so excited. <laughs> Oh, that's so that's weird. So cool. Well, because not only did you send me like the, the postcard back that I sent you, the blank postcard, um, uh-huh. but you also sent me a full massive card that <laughs> folded out. No, it was so great. Well, because the one that I did on the card you sent, I was like, I hate this. Right. And then I, I did another one, and then I just like kind of cut it up, and I was like, oh, I'll just I'll send all of it. Oh and yeah, see it what was happens. like collaged on. It was like glued onto the card. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was great. No, it was so cool. I mean, <laughs> um, I don't know. Part of the reason why I, I've been so passionate about this project and why it's so fun is just because it it it's like permission to just try something new. And it doesn't, it's not even that it doesn't matter if it's good or bad. It just, there isn't a right or wrong. You know what I mean? It just is. It's like a new exploration into a new sonic world or a new way of thinking about your instrument or a new way of expressing some idea, you know, like the, yeah. this paper and like cut you said, out, if you it's, know? Yeah. As long as you're honest about it, if you're, yeah. if, if whatever comes out is an honest interpretation, that's it. Uh, you know, that, that's, yeah. Like you said, good. There's that's, no value judgment in it. it. It's just is what it is. It's exactly. Yeah. And so much of, um, this is a little bit of a digression. We'll come back to the, to your postcard, <laughs> but I just want to say that, you know, working as a, I think this is hopefully relevant also to your listeners, but, you know, working as an artist kind of in the middle of like, I'm, I play trumpet, but I also obviously play modular and laptop and, uh, you know, any random electronic instrument or household item that I put a contact <laughs> mic on or whatever it might be. Um, you know, you're limited in the sense of you're not limited because of the sound world, but you are in sense of like extant musical compositions or like, you know, communicating those ideas sometimes to other people or, you know, how can I put together an ensemble and be like, here's a piece I wrote for you for amplified comb and modular synth and radio. Like you have to kind of find a unique way to communicate that it's not going to be a traditional Western score. It's going to be some, maybe some combination of words and pictures and ideas and prompts, you know, something like that. Um, or improvisation or something, you know, which is all wonderful. And so I, I could think at the core of this for me has been like, 
really wanting to open up this world to people who are playing these less traditional instruments. And like, again, it kind of all comes back to the community thing, right? Like making mm -hmm. music together and having the ability to write little pieces for each other and kind of inspire one another and not have to worry about what tools we're using, just more about like what universes we're creating and like what sounds we're following and all that kind of stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. it totally does. Yeah. And it, 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 I have to actually say that, um, well, I won't say I, 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 I kind of stole your idea. I'll just say <laughs> that you inspired me because I was find I was trying to find a way to interact with my Patreon subscribers. And I thought about your postcard project. And because the, the show has the patch challenge in it, I thought, well, wouldn't that be cool if maybe listeners could give me any words that they want and then I'd create a oh, patch yeah, out of that. So, totally. so now, yeah, there's a... If you go on my Patreon, you can become a Patreon subscriber on this one tier and then give me words and I will make <laughs> a video, put it on Instagram, and then I'll record like a three to five minute version of it and like mix and produce it and then just send it to you. And then you oh, just that's have awesome. your little, yeah. So thank you for that inspiration. Cause it's been a lot of fun and it pushes <laughs> cool. me I'm again glad. to kind of, you know, step outside of the box and, mm -hmm. and see what I can do. Cool. Cause it is, it's, it's crazy. Like the, the word prompts. You know, if I sit down and just make a patch without, you know, any sort of outside influence, you know, if it's just coming from my brain, I find I kind of, sometimes I'll get in a rut and make the same patch. So if I get some weird words, then all of a sudden it's, it's kind of like I need to find a way to totally to sonically represent that. And I, I can't fall on my old, my old tricks as easy. So, yeah. And so you inspired me <laughs> in my interpretation of your postcard, not just by creating the postcard score, but also in the way. So the fact that you decided to limit your toolkit and just use the telharmonic, I thought was really interesting, um, especially as a modular player, when you have so many options at your fingertips, I thought that was just an interesting approach to kind of you know, reduce that palette a little bit and see how deep you can go into it. Um, mm -hmm. Which is also just a really interesting improvisational tool too. But um, so I kind of did a similar thing. I was sort of intrigued by that and I ended up, um, and can you help me remember? So I just feel like I'm going to mispronounce the first word of the title of your... I don't know how to say it either. I was hoping you did. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was just looking. Your... I think I looked up synonyms of. <laughs> wow, I forgot what the synonym I looked up was. Um, was it Imperium? Imperium liturgy, I think. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Imperium. Let's go with Imperium. Okay. So... I forgot what it even meant. <laughs> That's so funny. I caught you. I caught you. But I guess I don't know I either. Know. So. Okay. <laughs> anyway. So yeah. I um. I did the my interpretation of your piece using just just using no input mixer as the sound source um y yeah, yeah. I, I i'm not fully understanding like what do you when i listened to it i was like wait what what did she do so <laughs> well, yeah okay I, you may bit. need to draw pictures for me <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, well, I was, so you, your postcard, I have to kind of paint a picture for people so they can imagine it, but it was basically, basically, it was like speckled in purple dots and like pink and purple kind of stars and dots and electrical, I don't even know, like little ama amazing electrical 
tendrils or something. And then there was this orb <laughs> on a on a thing. It looked like kind of like a spaceship. And there was a little story, and that was really unique. What you did was you also included a narrative that went with it that talked about this space traveler that had been jettisoned through space and had ended up in this unknown universe. And I'm probably paraphrasing, forgive me, but... Um, no, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah. and just <laughs> was like, where am I? What is this place? And then heard this crazy sound <laughs> and was like, what? And then that's kind of where the postcard trails off. It's just like uh-huh. dot, 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 question mark, huh? Um, and so that, to me, the approach that I took with your your postcard was not so much looking at the individual markings that you had made on the page and interpreting each, like this dot is this sound, this line is this sound kind of thing, but more like, what is this universe that he, that, that has been created for me that I am occupying and kind of the, like also trying to recreate that narrative, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't think I gave you too many dots to actually try to make individual <laughs> sounds more. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I, you know, I started doing little dot stuff and then I realized it's like, oh, I'm just kind of like copying her style. So I tried to I tried to to switch it up and have it be like kind of in the same vein of what you sent me, but you know, not, you know, I love kind of more. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was very evocative and very sci-fi and time travel-y, which I absolutely love. Um, and the reason why I picked the no input mixer is because I tend to think about, and this is probably going to make some people laugh or cringe, I don't know, but I think about feedback as, I like to think about feedback as time travel <laughs> because you're patching <laughs> things back into themselves and there's, you lose the sense of, you know, the present moment, like, cause everything you hear is actually the result of some past things being accumulated and some is also influencing a future process that hasn't happened. But as before you realize that you're hearing it and all this kind of stuff. So it's just this woven intermingled web of nows and time and all that kind of stuff. So I was like, well, (laughs) feedback on the no input mixer is the perfect thing. Um, so I, yeah, so I made a patch on the mixer and then I did, I, I did, um, um, multi-track. Well, I mean, I, I recorded a bunch of stuff and then I edited it together after the fact. Um, and I also did put it through a delay. Um, that was the only other added element Then that was just in max. I just ran into my computer and put it through a delay. So there's, that's added in as well. (laughs) So if you're listening to it and you're like, how did that make that sound? That's probably what you're hearing. What is the no input mixer? What is is that a specific module or? Oh no. Okay. So it's just a mixer, like a a, analog audio mixer with sliders Uh and, oh yeah, the specific one, if this matters, I think it might (laughs) because, because they're all different. I mean, this is like a mixing console that you would have in any studio or whatever, but they're all different. The one that I'm using is, um, a Mackie. I think it's a 12, 1202 VLZ3. I don't know. That's bizarrely <laughs> specific, but anyway. Um, and it's like a, if I remember, gosh, like an eight channel mixer. And, um, basically what you do when you're, doing no input mixing is you are patching the, the, it's not an instrument per se, but you're patching the, the inputs 
and the outputs together. So you're taking the outputs from the mixer and instead of sending them to, you know, your monitors, um, your speakers, you're actually sending them back into the inputs of the mixer itself. So you're creating a feedback okay. loop. You're like hardwiring a, um, a feedback loop in, into the mixer. And these mixers have an inherent amount of noise in them. And so when you patch them back into each other, into themselves, and then you, you know, explore changing the gain and the uh, EQ, um, this particular one has a, um, you know, high, mid, low EQ that you can change on each channel, that kind of thing. Um, when you start to explore that, you can actually get it to self oscillate and it will create sound. Um, and, and yeah, and so that's where the, the, that's where the sound comes from. And often it sounds just totally crazy and screechy and chaotic, but if you spend time with it, you can find some really beautiful sounds. Yeah. Yours, yours almost sounded like a Tesla coil or something. It's, it sounded very zappy and, um, but I don't know. It, it, I just, I just pictured kind of like an orb, you know, those things that you go to like a science center and that's, you put your hand on yeah, it and well, your that's hair what stands you, up. That's exactly what you drew. You drew that orb. That's what I was talking about. The orb with the electrical tendrils. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh man, um, that's awesome. Yeah. And the, the, <laughs> so like I, I said, every synth is different or not a synth, sorry. Every mixer is quite different, but the one that I'm using has, um, it has main outputs and it also has alternate outputs like, um, uh, control room outs and alt uh -huh. aux sends and stuff like that. So what you can do, which is just a neat little trick, um, that I like to do, um, is you can use both the main outs and the alternate outs, uh, um, and patch those back into the, to the synth, uh, I keep saying synth, but into the mixer. And then what happens is when you mute, each channel has a mute button and on some synths that will, or, on some mixers, <laughs> forgive me. I'm sorry, everybody. Um, <laughs> got synths on the brain. On some mixers, it will just stop the sound. But on this particular one, what it does is it switches from, it reroutes the, the signal from the main outs to the alternate output. So it actually can, you can have completely different sounds happening. And then when you tap the mute button, it's almost like a momentary, like a keyboard or like a latching Whoa. keyboard. So you can, you know, press the button and kind of toggle between two different sounds. So that's a lot of the technique that I use when I'm working with that um, mixer that gives me a wider range of sounds than you would typically have if you were, yeah, otherwise. So that is, I've, I, yeah. Cause when you, when you explained what it was, I, I didn't fully understand it. And I kind of thought it was something like what you're talking about, but I had, I had no idea you could do that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And make, <laughs> is that, is that like, how did you figure out how to do that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just, I mean, I had some friends, um, um, I have some friends who have done it, who have done some no input mixing and I've seen kind of heard and seen them do it. Um, um, and then I was just inspired to try. And honestly, I don't know if this is the right thing to say, but I kind of just started plugging things in to things and seeing what happened. Which That's is me every time I approach my synth. <laughs> the difference is like, you try usually not to plug the outputs into the inputs on your synth usually. Right, but, right. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I do have full full disclosure. I do have a couple of these synth. The, oh my 
gosh. I do have a couple <laughs> of these mixers and I use them uh-huh. more or less exclusively for this purpose. Like, I don't know. Really? But I, I don't okay. think I've never had it cause any kind of harm. People, some people say it does. They might be right. Personally, from my experience, it's never caused any problems. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Just for people who well, are, that, you know, if you've got some kind of incredibly expensive mixing console, you might want to don't. I don't know. I'm scared. I'm start going to start getting <laughs> angry, right. angry well, tweets from people or something. <laughs> Maybe well, go get disclaimer. like a little, a little mixer to start with or something. I was, yeah, I'm thinking, I was thinking about buying one anyways, but now I want to like maybe just find a, maybe like a really old one that well Could these ones cool. that i'm using are old they're old and i bought them all secondhand and um uh and i love them because of these alternate scents i would if you're interested in getting a mixer for the purpose of no input mixing i would definitely try to find one that has that um okay as an option because it does open up this whole new kind of world yeah of playability well, so. you okay, listener? You okay. have you have the disclaimer that it might ruin it, but I'm <laughs> urging everybody listening to try your own uh, no input mixer track and and send it to Sarah and I. We, oh, yeah. I would love to I hear what hear. you can come up with. I don't think it's gonna ruin, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's awesome. I'm I'm so glad I I got to like hear how you did it, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll play it here in a second, but. Um, yeah, thanks for thanks for joining me. We ended up going, we ended up going forty five minutes. So yeah. I just might make this uh, <laughs> might make this a regular episode. Well, you can so. you can cut you can <laughs> chop out. I don't know. You do whatever you think makes sense. <laughs> no, you know I was thinking it's it's been, I've had I've had a few people on, um, you know, multiple times. And what I like about the second time around is we don't have to do the. So how did you become a musician? You know, right. like we can, we can kind of focus on something. We, we already have a rapport from talking before and we can just kind of hit the ground running and talk about something a little more specific. So I think it's actually pretty cool. So, okay. um, yeah, I appreciate you sharing all the touring stuff. And, oh, yeah. um, once again, how can people get in on the postcard project? Oh yeah. Um, good question. <laughs> um, <laughs> It is so it is running through my Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash Sarah Bell Reed. And um you'll see the info when you hop on there, but basically all you have to do is be a patron and send me a message that says that you want to participate and I will get to work <laughs> creating your postcard. <laughs> okay, so it's not a specific tier, it's just any at any any level so if you if you're a dollar a month you can do the, the postcard um project. let's see if i cl- you know what actually it, it starts at three dollars a month because of postage <laughs> for the first oh, year sense. yeah for the first year i was doing a dollar a month and then i realized i was shipping postcards off to australia and all over the world and and i had to reevaluate that but yes yeah, any tier starting at three dollars a month and that's it yeah yeah I so. just I just sold the twenty dollars shirt and shipped it to Finland for like twenty seven dollars. So I'm, the struggle <laughs> yeah, is real. Hopefully, people will understand <laughs> that. Yeah, um, yeah. And honestly, it's been like I said, it's been two years in the running at this point, which just blows my mind. And we have, I think, eight people from eight countries participating all around the world. Um, and everything, you know, not just modulars. I do get questions a lot about whether it has to be modular synth and it absolutely can be, but it doesn't have to be. There's people playing, um, 
laptop computers, Irish bazookies, saxophones, <laughs> voices, um, you know, people creating, like I said, videos and anything. It could be a classical instrument. It just doesn't matter. The point is that you want to kind of explore something new. And yeah, that's it. Awesome. Well, I urge everybody to check it out. I can speak from experience that it is <laughs> a very fun process and it does, it does get you outside of the box. And, and every one of the, any, any sort of um, project like that, even if it's one track, can have long lasting effects on how you approach what you're doing. And, and I, it's, it's so important. That's what I like about the patch, the patch challenge. It's kind of a light version of this where it, it does, it does force you to get out of your own brain and in some capacity. And every time you do that, you're just adding more, more toolkits, you know, or more pieces to your toolkit anyways, to your brain. So, yeah. So I highly recommend you check it out. Thanks. Um, (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining and sharing all that. And, uh, yeah, I hope you have fun with your installation and I wish you the best of luck with it. Thank you so much. <laughs> is there anything else you would like to direct people to? Uh, is you have like Bandcamp page, SoundCloud, any or website or anything like that? Um, I'm, I mean, my website is sarahbellreed.com and I also love to hear from people and, you know, interact with people on social. So I'm very findable as... Sarah Bell Reed on, you know, Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I don't actually have a band camp yet, but that is changing. That will change in the coming months. I got to, I got to figure that one out. <laughs> so, okay, so I'll, I'll update you when that happens. Right on. And that's bell with an E and read with an I Ooh, when you're searching. That's a little right? good. Yeah. B-E-L-L-E-R-E-I-D. Yeah. And Sarah awesome. with an H. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right, and here's uh, Sarah Bell Reed's No Input Mixer rendition of Imperium Liturgy.
Well, that was a fun episode. Thank you, Sarah, for joining us. Don't forget to check out all of her cool stuff, including the Postcard Project. Um, do you remember the last two episodes with North Coast Modular Collective? We talked to Bill Van Loo, and I, uh, I gave him a little shout-out on the show. said, hey, here are some words. Uh, make me a patch challenge. And... Uh, send it send it my way and he, he did that so i gave him the words detailed erosion and uh, if you check out the show links you can see uh um there's some links to youtube videos of him making the patch and then performing the patch but uh i'm gonna play the performance of uh, bill van Loo's detailed erosion until next week Thank you.